so are we ready yeah. to get started? I'm ready whenever everybody else is, and I, I totally regret that I didn't uh, think forward as to when the Halloween episode was going to come out, and I didn't get to make my prerequisite spooky puns. <laughs> Aww. And if I do it now, they're just going to be coming out in November, and I'll look like a like a lunatic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, that's fine. Uh, hello, and welcome to Stasis Pod, the Beast Wars podcast. I'm Rob. I'm Jen. I'm Alex. And I'm David. And today we are uh, we are continuing our look at the second season of uh, Beast Wars with uh, Coming of the Fusors Part One, also known as Aftermath Part Two. Yes, but not like <laughs> the the dirty kind. No, that that comes later in the season. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. It's it's another two-parter, and this is maybe the best two-parter so far. It's pretty good. It's neck and neck with other voices. Yes. It might be better. It's hard. Animation's certainly nicer. Yes. Uh, I don't know. I'll have something to say about that next episode. Okay. 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 To to me, it was prettier. There was some... Well, I... I wouldn't be surprised if they upgraded a lot of their textures and stuff in between. Yeah, they've they've definitely taken a level in computer graphics since the last season. They they upgraded all their mainframes. Yeah, they, they fixed the existing models a bit, and and the newer characters just saying it feels like they're in more more HD. <laughs> it's a bad wording, but it's like they have more detail in them. I could yeah. see that. We open on this awesome, gnarled-looking tree landscape with a clear, clear bump-up in quality over the Predacon base, which is entirely unchanged from last season in the next shot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a nice, zombie I mean, landscape. So it, it is a dark and stormy night. <laughs> yes. On, as we will find out, Earth! <laughs> what are you yeah. talking about? The planet has two... Oh, oh. right. That's right. And I'll note here that there are actually three stasis pods in this spooky Halloween zone. <clears throat> At least three. But but th- there's also debris of possibly more. Yes. I guess a bunch crashed here, and I guess it seems that only two made it. Intact, yes. Equally scary here? We see the writings by Bob Forward! <laughs> That's right. Which and means it's, it's going to be either really great, really silly, or both. Yes, and it was directed by Steve Sachs, longtime L.A. Dodgers uh, second baseman. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, it, it, it's not that Steve Sachs. I'm guessing not really. Come on, you've seen Homer at the Bat, haven't you? Um, yeah, decades. I don't know. Ago. Have I? He's the one who gets busted by the Springfield Police Department for every unsolved uh, Springfield crime. Oh. Uh. I just, that doesn't sound like any professional athlete I've heard of. The only thing I remember is Ken Griffey Jr.'s inflated head due to radiation. <laughs> oh. Oh, oh, no, no, no. It was uh, the nerve tonic Mr. Burns had him drink. Yeah. Oh. Uh, the radiation was that... Oh, I can't remember. I know it was Don Mattingly who wouldn't shave his sideburns. Yeah. Daryl Strawberry cries. Yeah, bizarrely, Daryl Strawberry is not the one who gets arrested, despite him being Daryl Strawberry. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, Daryl. Oh. Okay, Anyways. Beast Wars, the Simpsons podcast. Yes. yes. Simpsons and early 90s baseball. Oh. Well, early so, 90s, it, it fitting time period. That's true. Although not by the time this airs, because these World Series will be over. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Anyway, so these, these pods have landed, Predacons have detected them, and Megatron and Inferno are headed out to get them. Uh, yeah. Whilst they are doing so, Waspinator has somehow figured out what we have been spoiling for the past 20-odd episodes, that this is totally Earth. He looks, he's, he's there, and he looks up at the moon, he pauses, he looks Wasp up at the moon, knows. and his little, his little bug arms come and, and steeple, and he, he's all excited. It's Waspinator knows! And you know so who good. else knows? Dinobot. Yes. Dun, dun, dun. And Dinobot has also seen Predator. Oh, yeah! He, he's, so he, you know, he, he's trying to get to the Predacon base, but he's detected yep. by their motion sensor guns. But luckily, there's a big puddle of steaming mud. Yeah. See, I thought it just reminded me of those, those, like what cats will do, where you look at them and then you go around the corner, and then you look at them again and they're closer. Well, he he does that to track the motion sensing, but he mm-hmm. covers himself in mud so he's not a visible maximal signal. Like okay, like so Arnold Schwarzenegger in Predator. Exactly. On the one hand, I was really happy to see rigid girl structure snake. On the other <laughs> hand, Dinobot in brown face is kind of racist. I, well, I mean, normally it's blue, so. Yeah. He, well, he kind of covers himself like he's this giant lumpy Sasquatch thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he is just slathered in mud. It's not just yeah. like like in Predator where Schwarzenegger just kind of paints himself gray. Yeah, he's weird thing. Oh, and we get to see the frog model again. That's right. Yes. Oh, yeah. Does that mean we're going to see the new Fusor Spidor? <laughs> no, no, it doesn't. No, I don't, there wasn't a frog Fusor, was there? Wasn't there no. a transmetal spitor? Yes. Well, I mean, there was a transmetal two spitor, and then there was a transmetal spitor who was just a repainted regular spitor, who I think came out with a this episode on VHS in the UK. Ooh. <laughs> He's very pretty and red, I think. I think there's there's him and uh, Clawjaw. He's red, and I think Clawjaw is green. That oh, that, yeah. that rings a bell. I hung around with a lot of hardcore collectors when Beast Wars was a new thing, and that, that rings a bell. I mean, it was easy to be a hardcore collector, because there were like 20 toys a year. Well, yeah, and then you got, like, some person you knew in England to pick you up something, and maybe have your college buddy who went to study in Japan pick you up something, and yeah, yeah it wasn't that hard. Anyway, Dinobot's uh, predator tactic totally works, and... Both he and Waspinator simultaneously get into the golden disc chamber. And Dinobot's not thrilled about this because I think he he's just kind of miffed because Waspinator is as smart as he is. Yeah. <laughs> Good job. Good job. It's yep. wonderfully amazing that, that Waspinator is the one that figures out it's Earth. Like I mean, at this point, else was kind of distracted. Yeah. I, mean, does, I think Megatron knows at this point. Megatron's known the whole time. Well, yes. Yeah, Megatron was kind of disappointed when there were two moons because it meant he got it wrong, but now that there's only one moon, yes. Yeah. But but the, the two Scott McNeil characters figure it out at the same time. Yes. And then yeah. they get bantered. Yeah, we don't get a lot of Dinobot Waspinator interaction. This might be the most we ever get, and it's yeah. pretty amusing. It, it's it's, it's fun. 
I, I would like to note that, that it was confirmed at many a bot convoy sector panel that Scott McNeil did do those scenes in real time. <laughs> so he's just switching from voice to voice. That is impressive. Yes, and the other voice actors would just be sitting there bored waiting for their turn. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that and that is pretty impressive that he could just switch so quickly. But yeah, he totally would do that. Yeah, I, I assume for the low road, Gary Chuck took a really long lunch. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Lots of cola. <laughs> and then they anyway. needed lots of napkins. Yes. Anyway, Dinobot is still smarter than Wasmayer, though, because he uses him to counteract Megatron's security measures, which leads to the most elaborate Rube Goldbergian Wasmayer destruction yet. Yeah, it's... Oh, yeah. It gets caught in, like, energy ribbons, and then there's an electromagnet that pulls a bunch of pieces of him off, and then... Is is there a claw? Yeah, Yeah, there's a claw. There's a claw that puts him and... Into a compactor, the rest of his parts that were on the magnet get dumped into the compactor, and then he's crushed into a cube. <laughs> cute little cube. Dinobot's just being a jerk, man. Yeah, that was cruel. I, I couldn't then, help uh, take take Waspinator's side in that. I mean, it's really Megatron screwing over Waspinator for trying to get into the thing, but still, Dinobot's yeah. mean for knowing what was going to happen and doing it anyway. Yeah, just uses Waspinator as a tool to open the lock. It's just mean. Don't be mean to Waspinator. So you can get the discs. Discs give record of future ultimate power. Anyway, uh, and I also like that there's a callback here to the pilot, because remember, the original reason for the Megatron Dinobot falling out was that Dinobot was sure that Megatron had taken them to the rock planet. Yes. Oh, yeah. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, wait, isn't, isn't, like... Waspinator is supposed to be a navigator or something at some point. I, who, I don't know who's the navigator on this. I mean, <laughs> so hey, maybe that's why he knows. Maybe he's a, the pilot of the the, the dark side. Maybe there he's just really good at certain things and really not good at other things. Maybe he's an idiot savant. I mean, you got to think who else is around. I mean, Inferno probably doesn't even know they were going to Earth in the first place. Uh, Black Rackney is busy. Tarantulas is not conscious. He's nuts, dude. He's Tarantulas is almost as cubicle as Waspinator is right now. Yes. No, he's correct. Tarantulas is off somewhere, like, feeling himself up now. (laughs) Speaking of, here comes Tarantulas getting his corpse just kind of kicked across the road like a curling stone by uh, Black Arachnia. He's a kickball bouncing around. While Waspinator the Cube has to drag himself to the CR chamber. This is for Waspinator. Waspinator. Yes, no one helped Waspinator. Waspinator drag himself to CR chamber. Uh. Your Waspinator is getting frighteningly uh, on point. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Uh, yeah, anyway, you know, Black Rainy gets there. She's kicking Trance's corpse around. Dinobot decides to just shoot everything and run away. <laughs> He has what he does. Meanwhile, there are actually some Maximals in this episode as well. Yes. Yes. Uh, They found a stasis pod, but it is a blank, which, why do they have these? uh, That's weird. Well, why do they have so many in the first place? I mean, those are people. I mean, you know, they're going to make a colony, and they're going to need, you know, a bunch of people. 
Well, they may have the blank ones as spare bodies for exactly. I mean, yeah. I mean, there's a guy named Optimus, so he's definitely going to sacrifice himself, and you need a way to bring him back. Yeah, Yeah. it could be a medical thing, maybe. Well, robo medical, but it 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 does seem odd in context. uh It could be that the spark died without actually destroying the protoform body too, but that yeah, it's kind of a bit dark. It sounded, I mean, Rhinox would have, especially Rhinox, because you know how he is. He probably would have been a lot, I think he would have responded differently to it if that had been the case. Yeah. Uh, It it definitely seemed like it was intentionally blank, and I think they Mm. probably did that for emergency purposes. And and apparently the the maximal writing on it translates to dud. Really? Nice. Yes. Wow. Awesome. So I guess it was never supposed to be alive. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, it's, uh, you know, we've got too many characters on this show. We're getting two more in this episode, so time to send a couple off. <laughs> and yep. Tigatron Airways are just going to go find out what effects the Planet Buster had on what is now Earth and just finally have sex in peace. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Please, please consummate that. Please. There's Before whole... he can consummate it, Tagatron dons his fedora and Milady's air razor. Yeah, well... <laughs> it kind of works for him, though. It's like how Prince can get away with dressing the way he does when anybody else yeah. would be a pickup artist. Yeah. It's like how it's like how Peter Cullen can get away with darlining rock show. <laughs> it happens. It happens. <laughs> uh, so, so, yeah, they, they send off those two because they're already flirting. It's like, you guys go... Do whatever you're going to do. Whatever birds and tigers do together. <laughs> yeah, take try and go have your post-snowstalker freebound sex. Oh. Go, go, go make some fusors. So, so dirty. I'm going to rate this. <laughs> That's my new NaNoWriMo project. Patreon <laughs> backer reward, everyone. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Hey, you know, I, I do it professionally, so you know it'll actually be good. That's right. So, anyway, so they, so, sadly. Two characters have left. It's time for two characters to enter. Those busted up stasis pods activate their scanners. We see a scorpion scampering down these spooky Halloween trees. And we don't see any other animals, but presumably there were others? They're presumably hiding? there was a wolf and a hawk. At some point. Anyway. At a snake somewhere. Yeah. Actually, to go back one second, I have to give them credit. They did a really cool depth of field effect for the shot of uh, Rhinox and Cheetor talking about the blank. Hmm. Yeah, they're they're trying even more angles. Uh, more camera angles that are working now. In yeah. the first season, they would try some that just were weird. Yes. Anyway, so the... Uh... These pods open up, their scanners are all messed up, and a couple of crazy monsters come out. <laughs> yeah. There's spooky music playing. One is a scorpion with a cobra for a tail. Oh, man. And the other is a wolf with, like, bird front legs and wings. He, he's a wolf griffin. He's kind of like a griffin with yeah, he's a, a griffin. head instead of a... Actually, no, griffins are lions, aren't they? Yeah. yeah, but it's a wolf griffin. Yeah, it's yeah. a wolf. Good enough. Wait, does does Quick Strike actually talk with both heads in 
beast mode? I think it's only the scorpion head. Uh, yeah, I think the scorpion head is the main talker, and then the snake head is just kind of more focused on figuring out how to bite people. <laughs> yes. <laughs> anyway, the uh, quick strike is voiced by uh, Colin Murdoch, who shows up a bunch on the uh, uh, Unicron trilogy shows. He's uh, he's thrust in Armada, and he's uh, Scorpionok in Energon. And unfortunately, in neither of those does he use the crazy cowboy accent that he is using for Quick Strike. <laughs> Alas. <laughs> oh, what a cowboy accent. Because he is just straight up a bad guy in a Western. Oh, yeah, yep. he's so good. He makes Revolver Ocelot look like he's not over the top. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it just seems. Well, because The Coming of the Fusors is kind of a Western. And him, his accent just pushes it to the forefront more yes. than the visuals. Yes. Well, except for the ending. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the yeah. ending is Which super is western, and we'll get to that. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so, yeah, that's Colin Murdoch, and the wolf eagle is Scott McNeil, drawing you another paycheck. <laughs> yep. And doing his kind fourth of... paycheck for the show. Yes. It's maybe his most normal voice. Yeah, isn't yeah. it sort of, like, just a slightly tilted version of his regular voice. It's, it's, it's probably close to his regular normal voice. voice. Doing a slightly more heroic bent. Yeah. Yes. Yes, it's close. It's pretty much his normal voice acting. Yeah, if, if Scott McNeil is Clark Kent, uh, this is his Superman. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Mild-mannered voice actor, Scott McNeil. Oh, well, that explains... Actually, how... that's probably nicer than it probably is. This is Scott McNeil's Calculon. <laughs> okay, that, that, that's pretty good too. I, I was just thinking about calling him Superman and thinking, wait a minute. So when he's doing multiple voices at the same time, he's using super ventriloquism. Yes. <laughs> yep. Little known fact: Scott McNeil can also uh, rebuild the Great Wall of China with his mind. <laughs> also, he can throw uh, like cellophane Scott McNeil symbols at his foes to entrap them. Wouldn't it be cellophane cowboy hats or something? Oh, dang, I should have said that. Yeah. Yeah. Sleepless flannel shirts. <laughs> anyway, they immediately come out of these pods and demonstrate their personalities. Uh, the wolf eagle is, you know, sort of noble and peaceful, and the scorpion cobra is a mean jerk. <laughs> oh, man, though, when, when Silverbolt does this thing where he, he says his name is Silverbolt and it does this great, like, it pans so that he's, like, in front of the moon and then there's, like, this trumpet flare. Oh, the trumpet. So, oh, hey, we're not there. Yeah. We've got to get to the best Inferno line ever. And yeah. then yeah. the trumpet is so nonplussed. Oh, the, yep. that, that trumpet toot. Yeah, so his eyes and beast loads are so weirdly flat, though, too. They're also really, really big. It, it's the they're only thing really guys, off about but it. They're creepy. Yeah. Anywho, the then, the, the yeah, Megatron show. sends Inferno in to beat these guys up, and you know, Quick Strike, you know, or the Scorpion Cobra thinks, you know, well, if I can beat up this Wolf Eagle, I can easily beat up this weird ant robot. But uh, to which Inferno replies, Fool, pain is my friend. Allow me to introduce you to it. (laughs) So good. That's such a good line. We've Uh, reached peak Inferno. Yes. This this is absolutely peak Inferno. (laughs) So good. You also get a really crappy slow motion, low frame rate explosion dodge. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's some slow-mo in this that doesn't quite... I. It, it feels like they, they upgraded the quality of the character models and, and the polygons, and somehow when they're doing the slow-mo, that slows it down even further and jittery. It's weird. Uh, yeah, it's like they went down to a lower frame rate for doing the slow motion, even though they were rendering it. Yeah. Like, it, it messed something up. Anywho, Megatron shows watching up. All this. He's very amused. Yes. And he alters their command codes remotely, which I guess is a thing he can do. Dun-dun-dun! Freshly made yep. can do that. Yeah, their security programming has not sufficiently gone into place, I guess. So he says. Yeah. Presumably because their, their stasis pods were all busted. Yep. Oh, also, at the beginning of this scene, when, when we first got to them coming out of the stasis pods, you, can, you might notice there's... Like shorting out body parts strewn across the landscape. Yeah, that's creepy. That was that was pretty creepy. I like creepy. It's delightfully creepy. It's it's beautifully creepy. So anyway, some dead dudes. Yeah, I mean this did originally air like a couple of days after Halloween. Oh, and in fact, it's uh, it's November second, nineteen ninety seven. So, uh, you know, almost exactly on the date that we are recording this. Oh yeah, happy hey, cool. Happy anniversary yep. episode. So yeah, Megatron shows up, knocks Inferno out of the picture, and you know, p- turns on the old Megatron charm. He, he, plays- he, he seriously knocks Inferno out of the picture. Just his tail comes in from off screen and just whacks them aside. <laughs> it's an amazingly Looney Tunes ejection. <laughs> yes. Uh, and he, he he literally says, the, "Out with the bad cop, in with the good cop." Yep. Yes. <laughs> he says goodbye, bad cop. Hello, good cop. Yes. And, and then, then we get the babies <clears throat> learning how to transform. Yeah, and he's pontificating with his new transmetal little fingers. It's not quite as good as when he was a regular T Rex, but it's pretty close. Yes. It's they're they're bigger, meatier, metalier. Comes like he's wearing like oven mitts or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I like that uh, Quickstrike says his activation code and then transforms in mid-sentence, much to his surprise. <laughs> yes. Totally that's, startled. That's awesome. It's almost as good as how done everyone is with Silverbolt's goody two-shoes. <laughs> like, awesome. right away. Yes. Well, yeah. I, and as soon as he does it, he's all, Ugh, terrorized. That, I don't like the taste of that. Yes. Megatron's so nonplussed by him. Like, oh, Megatron, so like, you uh, might as well just give him to the Maximals now. Is, you is know it's right after, yeah. <laughs> Is it right after he transforms that Quick Strike says his very first, what in tarnation? I think it's while he's transforming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, it's so good. He just throws that, well, he's super Western. I, I, I don't think he uses a varmint in this episode, but he's definitely going to use it in the next couple of episodes. Yes. Yes. When the, there's more music. There's more odd music cues beside the, the tooting horn when Silverbolt's being Silverbolty. Yeah, they both kind of get their own uh, late motif. Yeah. Yes. It's great. That's one of the great things about the music on this show is just and and having a limited cast too. I'm sure is is having little character musical cues. And also, uh, we'll note here that Quistrike, uh did not even get reprogrammed. He's just a jerk. Yeah. Yes. 
some Autobots are jerks. I mean, there's entire series about the Wreckers. Most yeah, of them. I'm wondering if, like, I'm wondering if he's that much of a jerk or if there's, like, a Predacon exchange program on their ship or what. But yeah, he is I mean, definitely maybe, all on board with the Predacons. I mean, maybe with the right influence, he could be, you know, kind of a heroic jerk, like a Wolverine or something. A whirl. Like a Grimlock. Yeah, like a Grimlock. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He'd, be a, he'd be a good classic Dinobot. Mm-hmm. Seems like Scorponok, if they'd known who they wanted Scorponok to be during the first episode instead of having no idea. Yeah, I mean, these yeah. guys are very clearly defined from the, as Quickstrike would say, the get-go. Yes. Meanwhile, back at the Predacon base, Rhinox is building something. Maximal, back at the Maximal base. Maximal base, yes. Yep. Yeah, he's... Definitely got some weird contraption going there. He's, and he's not he hasn't he's not telling anybody what this is. You know, obviously so not to spoil the surprise in the next episode. But it's weird. Yeah. It's weird and it's giving rat trap abandonment issues. Yes. yes. I I did notice here, you know, compared to the towards the beginning of season one when whenever Optimus would be out of the picture and they would have these, like, big leadership battles. They're they're all... I, I feel like they're all a little more used to each other now. So yeah. they aren't, like, fighting for who's going to lead. Yeah, and... and on Well, in, in the first season, it was like... Ryox was kind of more qualified to be leader, but he usually didn't want it. Now it's transferred to... Now Rattrap's in charge. Just because... Well... Red Trap is in charge of Cheetor, basically, at this point. <laughs> yeah. 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 Red Trap's kind of like Rhinox's second in command. Yeah. Yeah. And and he's like, Rhinox, don't leave me with these guys. Because yeah. Dinobots GTFO'd, he's just wandered off, and he does show yep. back up in a moment. But, but yeah, basically, Red Trap is in charge of Cheetor. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And despite his abandonment issues with Rhinox, his first instinct is to send Cheetor into extreme danger. <laughs> yeah, well, with any luck, he'll get blown up and problem solved. I no, love that, though, when he, like, he, he tells him to, to go, you know, go go do something. And, and Cheetor goes, you mean fly? No, take a submarine. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's so and- good. I, I love just Cheetor going from... That, that sort of kid appeal character just, just being this dork. Just this yeah. adorable idiot. He's and he's so dorky yeah. that when he goes out, his symbol create, creates the scene transition. Yeah. Th- this, oh, this, yes, the return of these faction sigil scene transition. Yeah, is, this is the first and probably the last time that happens. Yes. Kind of hoping for the music in the background, but it didn't happen. Yeah, it would have been nice to bigger. We're 28 episodes in. Th- that is more jarring than when it happens in the most recent Transformers video game, Devastation, where it happens like four hours into gameplay. <laughs> That's weird. Yeah, you, you're like, I don't know, like four-fifths of the way through the game, and then that finally happens. It's like, wait, what? And does it only happen the once, or does it happen continuously from then on? No, it, it happens twice, I think. I think it switches back once or twice, but it's it's just, like, out of nowhere. It's like, I've been missing that. Why couldn't that happen earlier? But, fun enough. 
and we transition back to talking about the episode. Yes, and uh, anyway, Dinobot's not around because Dinobot has been watching Hamlet, or has read Hamlet. Oh my god, Yeah, he's, he's Shake's Rotate Blade. He yes. is soliloquying. <laughs> so much. It's, I started thinking, hey, we should quote this, and then he just keeps going. Like, he starts from actually quoting Shakespeare to sort of twisting, like, Shakespeare into his own weird yeah. thing. It's well, just, I mean, Shakespeare didn't really touch on a lot of time travel. <laughs> no. Time yeah, travel well. And, and yeah, it starts to be or not to be, and then it gets into time travel while still being appropriately <clears throat> Shakespearean. Yeah. It's, yes. It goes I could use this monologue for an acting class. Oh, yes. Yes, it's good. And Scott McNeil is acting the hell out of it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it, he, they give him a new character to do, and somehow he raises the bar on Dinobot at the same time. It's good, so good. It's good. Just, just, just go watch this part. This, oh, and anytime you let Dinobot soliloquy, it's delicious. Oh yes, yeah. This anyway, is he is better than any computer graphics cartoon produced in 1997 has the right to be. <laughs> yes. yes, this is better than. You know, most cartoons from the 90s, period. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, he's having an existential crisis about having discs from the future, future of Earth, because, you know, hey, we're on Earth, surprise! In the Oops, past. I, I was wrong, yeah. this is Earth. So he has written information about the past and has having a problem about, well, if the future is already written, then what am I even doing here? Everything I've done has been written down. But then it's like, wait, no, I can use it to alter time, but I can only use it once because once I change the future, these things will be kind of worthless. And and he's also contemplating suicide here, which is yeah. pretty heavy. Yeah. Or, he's Shakespearean. Of course he's contemplating suicide. Yeah, he's contemplating suicide in a, a toy commercial from 1997. Yeah. In a 90s toy cartoon. <laughs> okay, it's a bit of an overreaction, but... Two well, I mean, cells, antidepressants. Yeah. Oh. Pretty much. I mean, I mean, you know, and it's great. It's just, this is not where you would, exp- you know, even on your, you know, Steven Universes and Adventure Times, I don't think you have a lot of characters contemplating offing themselves um, to you, uh, give a middle finger to time itself. Ha- have you seen any Steven Universe? I haven't. Yeah, Steven Universe know, is kind of that, that dark. I'm, I'm pretty sure. Sh- Sure, that kind of happens. Sort of. Oh, okay. uh, was it? Lab- I don't Lazarus? remember. There has been anybody who's contemplated suicide, but there has been a character who's entered into an abusive relationship <clears throat> voluntarily, so that they can physically restrain the person they're entering the relationship with. Yes. Oh, so like what happens with uh, Megatron Rampage later in the series? Yeah. yeah. A lot like that. Yeah. <laughs> a lot like that, but if they combined into like a larger form that was like a physical embodiment of how fucked up the relationship is. If they dish- And they re- they really dropped a ball by not uh, doing that plot with uh, Tripedicus. Oh, oh wow. That's We'll get to that in a bit. Yeah, we'll yes. get to the Mariachi band. Put a pin in Tripedicus. We'll be coming back to that in a few minutes. Yes. <laughs> we will have things to say. Anywho, we got Dinobot is awesome, and then we... Oh, like, and speaking of things to say, at one point, uh, Rattrap says, Oh, pussycat, you really know how to tickle my joystick, and I yeah. just did a full-body shudder. Oh! <laughs> yeah, we... Oh, that's... And speaking that of full-body shudder, 
It's time for the audio-only Black Arachnia Tarantula sex tape. Oh, we're, we're <laughs> skipping over uh, Megatron's finger, T-Rex finger guns, Cheetor calling himself uh, Cobalt Kitty, or, oh no, wait, maybe not. I might have, okay. Keep going! I think I missed the note. Yeah, I, no, I think the, the, the tarantula scene happens, and then it's the the chase scene. Oh yeah, you, you just went to the joystick, which no, is we, a bit... No, we have another sequence before them. We have... Uh, Another sequence between uh, the new Predacons, Quickstrike and Silverbolt, and Megatron, with uh, Quickstrike being super gung-ho about the Predacon thing, <laughs> even with Megatron trying to soft-play it to not alienate Silverbolt. Yes. So it's like, teamwork and communication? Yeah. Uh, what about backstabbing and treachery? That sounds more my speed. <laughs> well, we're, we're, you know, we, we're flexible. Yeah. Megatron's really doing a good job of selling this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's he's a good salesman. And then we get Quickstrike riding Inferno into battle. And he yells, giddy up. <laughs> oh, wait, does he calls him Blenderbutt, too. Yes. And nobody told him what the, his code name is Blender. I mean, listen, you could just look at Inferno and say, you know, that's obviously his nickname. <laughs> I can see you two people come up with that. <laughs> they they obviously are going to call this guy Blenderbutt. Yeah, look yes. at him. Maybe poisonert glutes, but <clears throat> yeah, it, it makes more sense. Something than, along those lines. It makes more sense than two different people coming up with the term transmetal independently. Yeah, we'll yeah. be coming to that. <laughs> so yeah. Anyway, uh, where were we? All right, spider sex noises. Oh, this is horrible. No, we we bad. still have a little more stuff to go before that too. We also okay. have the the big chase sequence with the. Cheetor outmaneuvering Silverbolt and then Megatron just giving no fucks about the fact that there are obstacles between him and Cheetor. Oh yeah, the trench run. Through these rock pillars. The trench run. Megatron gives no fucks. Silverbolt's not opposed to, to chasing a cat. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, he do chase. And uh, appropriately enough, a rat will later join this chase. Yeah. <laughs> Although first we have Dinobot finally getting back to maximal base. Surreptitiously yes, positioning one of the two golden discs behind his back, so Rat Trap doesn't notice it. And, and Rat Trap is, I guess, just so distracted by the pressures of leadership that he doesn't call him out on it. Yeah. So distracted by the pressures of leadership and the arsenal wall from Men in Black being pulled <laughs> down like an easel. Yes. Yes. With so many weapons, and one of them is like an overly modified G1 Megatron gun mode with lots of extra stuff glued on and. And then there's a point where, I forget if it's Rat Trap or Dinobot says it, implies that where was Dinobot out saving the universe? Kind of, yeah. Yeah. Dinobot's answer is yes. 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 Because <laughs> he, he kind of was. Spoilers, it's true. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And, uh, yeah, Dinobot is just not content with his eye beams because he is loaded for bear. Yes. He uh, has all the guns. One scene later, he's wielding, he's wearing dual bandoliers for his guns. Dual bandoliers? Yes. He has guns on at least both his hips, probably on his back, a giant rifle in his hand, and he tosses Rat Trap a little shotgun. <laughs> that's not a shotgun, that's a noisy cricket. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I feel like I'm going to break this thing. Uh, okay, so are we at the transfers part now, then? Close enough, yes. Yeah, okay. Rat Trap takes out Megatron in a genuinely cool action sequence, and then yes. you get the actual spreadiness. <laughs> yeah, Tarantulas Sorry. has taken... He is now at maximum creep. Yep. Yeah. 
He, he, he is, is inside Black Raven's brain. She's making him turn on his gross new body. It's not gross. It's awesome. It's pretty cool. I mean, it's pretty cool. It is body. super cool. It's, I, yeah. uh, out of all the toys, I think I need that one the most. <laughs> Even more than Quick Strike, and Quick Strike is ridiculously awesome. Quick Strike was awesome, and I regret never having tarantulas. So, yes, this process... pretty cheaply? At reasonable prices on eBay. And yeah. Okay. This, let's do some more toy shopping in the podcast. <laughs> this, uh, this, this process apparently makes Black Rachnia make some distressed sounds and Tarantulas yeah. makes some victorious sounds. I'm, I'm going to tell myself that it's okay because the voice director was Susan Blue and therefore I'm going to tell myself it's okay. It's a woman yeah. directing a woman do, doing creepy unsettling noises with a cackling Alec Willows. <laughs> now, admittedly, she's a woman who is into women, but still, I'm going to allow it. Yeah. Just, just the I'm going to try not to think too hard about it. No. <laughs> there, there's enough weird stuff about tarantulas that comes out. I'm going there to you. go back to being jealous of her for marrying a masseuse. <laughs> Uh, I also really love uh, Tarantulas' new Halloween color scheme. Yes. Yeah. It is. It's very Halloween-y. It's got all the orange and the yeah. black and the brown and some purple for purple. color. Yep. Some neon green. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a he- really good design. It's a really good toy. Mm. And yes. the toy is, I mean, the design is pretty much dead on accurate for the toy. Yeah. yeah. Down to so- the bizarre pizza cutter gun. Yes. Well, it's it's also a wheel, so I don't know how it shoots anything because it's a pizza cutter, but it does somehow. Well, so do Dinobot's eyes. Yeah, eye lasers are tradition. Eye lasers make more sense than pizza cutter gun. Eye lasers are a GoBot tradition. (laughs) Wait, I'm sure somebody in G1 had eye lasers at some point. I, I don't know that anybody did. Uh. Still, for somebody who has the option of changing history, leveraging GoBots seems entirely appropriate. Yes. <laughs> okay, fine. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Megatron's been shot down by Rattrap, and he's having everybody converge on his position to take out the Maximals once and for all. Yep. And then we get this really cool, wordless scene set to, like, West... like. Western movie music, and yeah, it's great. It, it's uh, trying to be spaghetti Western music really hard and really succeeds. Yes. There, there's even a tumbling... So t- tarnations, there's a tumbling tumbleweed a-tumbling across the yes. field. Yes. And also, Megatron has a super cool space pocket watch. Yes. Yeah, which... I, why? I mean, I can understand counting down the time, but it's like this... It's got like a sun with planets that move around. It's overly complicated for a stopwatch. We we will find out next episode that he in fact has a normal pocket watch. <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah. he does. But no, he chose to to chose use this fancy. like fancy space hologram planetary pocket watch thing. I assume like he got it when he graduated from like Predacon Academy or whatever. Yeah, it's that kind of watch. It's oh, pretty yeah, nice. he's using the Tripredics Council watch on the f- battlefield. But yeah. He keeps the other one he graduated with back in the closet. Yes. 
yeah, tarantulas and wasp hater get there. Note that for next episode. Yes. yes. Everybody's lining up. Uh, Black Rackney's not there. She's staying back to do something. Well, somebody's yep. got to guard the base. And wait, does 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 Megatron really even know that the spiders came back? He knows that Tarantulas came back because he talks to Tarantulas and he's all, "Oh, Tarantulas, you're you're back, and also you're transmetal well, yeah, on sale just... now in stores everywhere." Tarantulas yeah. just yep. shows up and Megatron accepts it. Okay, you're here. Whatever. You're here, and you're in the new gimmick. Yes. Right. yes, he says, wait, does he say transmetal then? He, yes, he, he does transmetal. say transmetal does, then. How does he know Rat Trap's silly word? Because he also got a copy of Hasbro's 1997 Toy Fair catalog. I guess Maybe. That's, I bet that's on the golden disc, too. That, that's something that humanity would want to preserve for future generations. I was going to suggest maybe he still had the maximal base wire tapped, but I, I like this explanation better. Yeah, I like the explanation that, that the Transformers wiki is actually on a golden disc somewhere. <laughs> that, that would be really useful. Ooh, I'm, I'm very interested in yeah, this new action all relevant line from information. Lost World, Jurassic Park. <laughs> yes. <laughs> At last, I can have a Vince Vaughn action figure. Yes. <laughs> Anyway, the- so uh, yeah, they're the Maximals are wholly outnumbered because it's just Cheetor, Dinobot, and Rattrap with Rhinox still stuck in his space machine. His whatever he built because he's the closest we got to Rattrap, Wheeljack, and Ironhide all rolled into one. Yeah, it's his his pink energy machine. <laughs> yes. So the Predacons are lining up. Then the Maximals prepare to take their last stand, and then we get like a burning bonanza effect on the screen. No, to it be continued. fades, oh, yeah. Total it fades sepia to tone. sepia. Yes. And, and then, then it, it burns away and says to be continued. It's so good. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, this this is like only the third Western thing I have ever liked. Oh. It is not even Tombstone. Totally- Fully into the whole Western thing. I haven't seen Tombstone because I don't really like Westerns. It's always on TV. No, I don't watch TNN and TNT anymore. So it's not on. I would recommend at least Tombstone. You know, it's got Sam Elliott. uh... It's a good pizza. (laughs) Oh, Pierre. The finest collection of uh, manly American actors and their mustaches ever assembled. Um, wait, are you sure that's not Young Guns? Do they have mustaches in Young Guns? Well, doesn't, um, um, crap, actor's name. Never mind. (laughs) I mean, if I'm going to watch a Western, I'm going to watch The Magnificent Seven. Except, no, I'm not. I'm going to watch Shichini no Samurai instead. (laughs) Oh, I was thinking of Lou Diamond Phillips, and no, apparently he doesn't have a mustache in that movie. Oh, How about Blazing Saddles? That would be number two. Blazing Saddles is great. There's this, there's Blazing Saddles, and there's the anime Trigun. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Trigun's amazing. Trigun is great. But never mind that shit. Here comes Mongo. (laughs) (laughs) Mongo just spawned in Game of Life. Anywho, that's the end of the episode. It stops mid-scene. Yep. That's right. Congratulations. Yet another cliffhanger, because we have entered the part of Beast Wars that is its serial. Oh, yes, so good. This episode is amazing. It looks great. It's fun. There's just so much happening. We 
skipped over chunks probably. Yeah, there's Just plot like, set up. There's oh, there's a there's great Wasmater gag. Characters, yeah. there's two new in- characters introduced, and they have more character put into them than anybody else has in their introductory episodes. Yep. Ever. Yep. So good. And they don't just get to be immediate badasses, which is no. nice. No. They're kind of getting their ass kicked by uh, Inferno. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Inferno grabbed Quick Strike by the tail and just started smacking him around. Yeah. Yep. Hard. This is like the fifth episode in a row that's just been full on serial. Yep. Yeah. You have no idea what's going on if you've missed the past four episodes. Yep. So if you need to catch up. Stasis Pod has convenient recaps available on iconunderground.net. Yes, and, right. and it's going to be like that for the next couple of episodes. And Optimus Primal still dead. Still dead. I think yeah. a, a big part of it is just that the first season was, you know, 26 episodes, so they had to have a lot more filler and now they've both got a a shorter episode roster and they've got a better idea of where they're going with it all. So, so yeah, there's going to be a lot less filler going forward. There's not going to be two episodes in a row of Cheetor antics. I I do wish there were more episodes, but it is nice that we're not getting two episodes in a row. They're basically the same theme repeated. Yes. Yeah, yeah it is kind of sad because I could totally do with, like, you know, more episodes of, of Silver Bolt and yeah. more episodes of just fun yeah, they, yeah. they could have stretched the this episode and the next one out into three episodes, and I would be fun. I'd be happy. Part of me wishes season one had been 13 and season two had been 26. I kind of yeah. wish they'd both yeah. been 20. So squish down season one a bit and give us more of the best stuff. Mm. And then I, you I can don't... cut a couple episodes from season three, because it's not my favorite. Uh, well, you, oh, you well. could rework season three so it works better. Season good... three is great, but season three, if it's not part of the actual main plot arc, it just doesn't work. Yeah, I haven't rewatched a lot of season three, so I'm curious to yeah. see how I feel about it. Yeah, yeah, that's going to be interesting. I'm looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, although maybe I shouldn't be because I, I don't. There's a lot I don't remember, but there's so much. The points that I do remember are mostly from season two. Because oh my god, this <laughs> stuff. Yes. Anyway, uh, speaking of things from season two, and also speaking of things that we're looking forward to, but maybe shouldn't. Oh yeah. Uh, before we go here, we've uh, now seen all five uh, toy reveals for uh, this year's Botcon uh, toy set. Uh, the theme is Combiner Wars: Dawn of the Predicus. I believe when we last spoke, we had seen uh, Ravage and Tarantulas. Yeah. Well. Yep. That was the last time we talked about it. The, the, other the last time we talked about it happened in between. It was like. We record ahead of time, so we just figured, wait until they're all out to talk. Uh-huh. And yeah. uh, now we have seen that uh, Predacon General Ramhorn, yeah, the, the three remaining members will be Ramhorn, Cicadacon, and C-Clamp, the three members of Tripredicus. <laughs> yes. uh, Ram, Ramhorn will be a tank with a drill on it, which gives me hope that we're eventually getting the rest of the Technobots. Oh, Cicadacon uh, nice. will be a jet who kind of has, like, insect wing patterning on his wings, which is fine. Yeah, and it's... Wait, which... which it's Skydive. It's Skydive, which is my favorite of the aerial bot molds. I just sort of like the way his shoulders crank up. It's neat. And we have C-Clamp, who is inexplicably a jet. He's a uh, he's Silverbolt. You know, yeah, he's his. That's a weird choice. Yeah, Evil Bolt. 
Like, why isn't he Galvatron to get the ears on the head? I, yeah, but... He's got a lot of... I mean, his whole nose cone is remolded. Yeah, it's a different... At first, I thought it was going to be Silverbolt when we saw the, the reveal of the drawing of it, but then it's Smattershot who's remolded. His wings have guns on him, and his nose cone is a gun, and... Just as flying gun emplacement, basically. Sadly, Scattershot, sadly, no new version of Scattershot can have the legendary mistransformation ability of the original G1 Scattershot. Yes. Uh, for the uninitiated, uh, he turns into a robot penis. <laughs> oh, yeah, that one. The, the, He's got this bit that's, uh, his nose cone is supposed to fold up against his back. But you can also just have it sticking out in front of him, and also when you press a button, it pops open and part of it expands. <laughs> so he, he has very yeah. unfortunate mistransformation available, yes, which sadly the new version does not. Yeah, yeah, the weirdest G1 thing about Scattershot had the second best endowment of any Transformer, with Transmetal Megatron being number one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so anyway, the weird well, the weird thing about these is okay, spoilers. The Tribe Predators Council is going to show up later in Season 2 in a scene that is dramatically lit and darkly lit because they didn't want to make full new models, uh, where all three members appear to be, you know, it's very red. And yeah. so they all have that color scheme from the show where they're all red. Yeah, it, they, yeah. they took the literal stylized lighting of reds and grays with yellow-orangish eyes and those are the toy colors, and it's it's so stupid, but I kind of love it. It's yeah. so stupid, and I kind of hate it. I understand yeah. lighting as well as they understand customer service. <laughs> I, yes, like like the 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 drawing of the toys, the the lighting. There's more color. There, there's differentiation between the warmth and the dark, so that they're sort of purplish in spots and more bluish. There's more variation. The actual toys are pretty much just red, light gray, and black. I mean, also, the Tripredicus Council in the show was very loosely based upon the three members that made up the Tripredicus Combiner toy. Yeah. Uh, And these don't reflect that at all. It's basically just that one scene... Take yeah, it a little it, too literally. Yep. None of them has a mariachi hat. It's a complete portrayal of people. <laughs> well, uh, also, this this guy's combiner, and the other two limbs, Tarantulas and Ravage, are just in their regular colors. Well, so this guy's going to have a red and white torso, two red and white limbs, and then two other limbs that are totally mismatched. Yeah, but... Now, well, Tarantulas is... I, I will note that the Tarantulas is the transmetal colors. Yeah. Which yes, which is... Which is irrelevant to the combiner, but is pretty. It is pretty. Yeah, but yes. but it, it's also it, it's a very dark dark gunmetal blue, which which goes with Ravage's black. So you put those two guys as the legs, you got two blackish legs, and the rest is red and gray. I don't know. I'm not a fan of wearing dark blue and black together. Uh, yeah. Well, you, dark jeans, you know. It, it can... um, oh, he's too dark. It's against best fashion practices. Yeah, yeah he's he's going against best fashion practices yes. here. I think it's going to be fugly. Yeah, I think it's going to be pretty bad. I well, that's the that's kind of why I like it. This just taps into like the ridiculous G two color schemes that so many people adore. That some of them I don't like. The the stars no what not Starscream the Ramjet. Oh, the Ramjet. 
I don't like those the Dungeons Dragons yet, but this I, is I perfect was, for me. I was going to say those were at least cohesive, but I'm I'm also thinking of you know back a year or two before G2 the the UK stuff where you had like action master thundercracker who being an action master managed to have like six different colors on him yep. so i one of my friends counted at one point and thunderclash has 13 separate colors on him <laughs> so yep. it's it's a little less g2 and a little more uk and euro g1 well as yeah. a combiner yeah but but the three Tr- pranicus guys are just three colors which yeah there should be a little bit more variety between them in shading of the colors, but yeah, it's yeah. it's such a goofy thing that we have toys of a scene that's, what, two minutes long? Pretty it's much. Bad. And they try to make them, at least the heads, look as close as possible to the crazy well, things. Like, Ramhorn has bat wings on his head, and the toy's actually going to have that. It's... The skydive one's just skydive. Cicada Con yeah. is just skydive. Because yeah. th- that was like that was like a Megatron head with a, a wider helmet on or something. Yeah. The design and and C Clamp's head is just ridiculous. He's got two noses. I think one of them's like a recycled reboot model. <clears throat> yeah, it, it was reboot or uh, War Planets or something probably. Yeah. Well, I, I can't appear in this Beast Wars of... episode. I'm yeah. just a minor. The... <laughs> It's from the episode of Beast Wars where they played, or it was from the episode of Reboot where they played the Beast Wars game. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh. but It was a short episode because the user immediately gave up because that game sucks. Yeah. At, at least this theme is more cohesive than last year's, eh, whatever. Here's a bunch of guys who are limited. Yeah, but we color- got a Gorilla Pretender out of that. Okay, the Gorilla Pretender I still kind of want. Mostly because it used a swerve mold inside. It's, it's the gorilla yeah. my dreams. <laughs> but <laughs> this, this is so dumb and executed so simply. But I kind of like that. I can understand why so many other people do not give a shit. <laughs> but I want. Yeah. But but hopefully you will give one about our next episode, in which we cover coming of the fusors part two. Yay! Yay! Until then, you can reach us at uh, stasispodcast at gmail.com. Please write into our Maxim mail bag. We'd love to hear from you. You can find us on Twitter at, at stasispod, on Facebook at facebook.com slash stasispod, and on Tumblr at stasispod.tumblr.com. And our RSS feed is hosted on iaconunderground.net. If, if you prefer, you can also get us on iTunes. And uh, while you're there, why don't you rate and review us? That'd be yeah. great. Yep. Yeah. So join us next time for more thrills and possibly chills. <gasps> Maybe. But until then, I remain Rob. I'm Jen. I'm Alex. And I'm David. Oh.
why his shoulders hurt. <laughs> oh yeah, we can why his shoulders hurt with Silver Bowl. Wait, why do his shoulders hurt? I don't... I, I've never liked the look of his model. They're just sort of awkward. His, his robot mode just looks like a mess. Mm. His beast mode looks kind of like a mess, too. It's like a more cohesive mess, but it's yeah. more off-putting because of it. Uh, but we should probably record a podcast so we can talk about that on the podcast. Yes, yes let's... Everybody, you done? Yes, you done? I am done enough. I'll get a cough drop and let's go.